You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome into a Tuesday's edition of Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. I'm Blaine Vietar, filling in for the last time for Mr. Matt Miguez. Coming back tomorrow after his sabbatical from his nuptials that he made over the weekend. Congratulations, Matt, once again. Of course, my guy behind the glass is going to stay with us, keep us all in line, and make sure we keep all of you entertained on this Tuesday afternoon. Mr. James Mesh, how goes it this afternoon? Oh, we're doing good today, Blaine. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. We have an abbreviated show. We're going to be off air. You know, we'll come off air at 510 for the Strohs. Excited. Hunter Brown going against the Detroit Tigers. The Detroit native. It's been salty. What you said his ERA was in the two-minute drill? When I looked at it, it said zero. 0.0. Yeah. Wowzers. My guy is a Justin Verlander disciple, and he just mimics everything that Justin Verlander does. Looked awfully good in his first start for the Astros a week ago. We're going to have a lot of fun, even though we're on a short side of a show. At 4.15, my guy Eric Narcisse of the Acadiana Advocates is going to join us, and we're going to break down this new Division One. 5A, 4A, these different sides of the brackets when it comes to high school football and where your favorite team lands. He's also going to break down some of Week 2's action as well as look ahead to Week 3. My guy James also posed a Twitter poll question out on the Twitter machine at the game Louisiana. Should the Saints be opening as a three-point home dog against the Bucks? Well, kind of surprised. I I thought it could have been a pick'em game. Look, the Saints didn't look great for three and a half quarters or, you know, for very, very much of that ball game against the Dirty Birds on Sunday. But when they came alive, look out. Which version of the Saints are we going to see on Sunday? That's to be seen. But it's not like the Bucks were world beaters, James. It's not like the Bucks just went out and dominated the Cowboys. And that gets hurt. Couldn't punch it in. Settle for field goals. They spread the football out a good bit. Chris Godwin left with injury. Still a lot of question marks over there to be had for the Bucs. So am I surprised at the the, the, the line? Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Home dogs in the Superdome? In the Caesars Superdomes, James? Home dogs? Saints seem to play better as underdogs, though. Going to be interesting to see how that line moves throughout the week, how the money's going to be played when it comes to Vegas. If you want to jump in, and have a little fun with us. You could always call us up at the game hotline, 337-706-0111. We could talk about Saints poll question. We could talk about anything you choose. We're also going to talk a lot about LSU Mississippi State. Mike Leach in his third year. Man, that's usually when he starts making hay at his previous stops. Over at Washington State, he had those guys playing much better. Year three. When he was over in Lubbock, With Texas Tech, come year three, that's when they really started to get it going. This is his third year. So far, 2-0. Had the late-night game against Arizona Wildcats on Saturday. I I watched some of that ball game coming back from LSU, James. I stayed up, past my bedtime. I know that's just what you get in your night going as a spring chicken. (laughs) I stayed up past my bedtime to see Mike Leach and the bunch throw it around the field and I was impressed with what I saw. So we'll break that down as well. We could talk Cajuns and their matchup against the Rice Owls over in H-Town. 
whatever you so choose. Or, hey, we could even talk Strohs, as we mentioned, taking their AL West magic number of 10 to win the division on the road for the second straight night after a shutout win by the franchise, Framber Valdez, last night. 22 consecutive quality starts leading the major leagues. Oh, and by the way, if you want to see our beautiful faces and you're here in Acadiana, you can watch us on the simulcast, Stadium 32.3 and on 133 LUS Fiber. Okay, James, it's time for the Eat Crow. We closed the show yesterday telling everybody in Acadiana, you take the Broncos and you take the over. And we were confident. We, we, we Look, we put them on the table. We said this was going to happen. And then the game started. And <laughs> look, Geno Smith, look, re resurrected in the first half, leading two touchdown drives. They look very efficient on offense. On the flip side of that, the Broncos ah, looked all kind of out of sorts, didn't have a whole lot of rhythm, turned the football over twice, not just in the red zone, not just in the red zone, James, inside the five on the one. Then they elect to kick a long field goal. We'll get James's thoughts on that here in a second. But I'm here to apologize to Acadiana after I tell you, say, look, I'm telling you, I fall, I fell for it. Take, take, take Russ, take Russ, take the over, safe money. My man James even told you, hey, I'm looking at like a 42-10 type of game, <laughs> 42-17 type of game. Boy, were we wrong. And we look, you could call us up and tell us how wrong we were on the game hotline at 337-706-0111. James, I'm going to let you come in now and get some of this crow with me. I was shocked at the veteran Russell Wilson. Look, he started to get it going late in that second half. He, he got a little bit more of a rhythm. Started. He, he really liked Jerry Judy last night. Um, he had big plays. Uh, what he caught, what was it, four for 110 in a tutty? And I, I think... Uh, he just didn't have a good rapport with his receivers. Looked kind of out of sort. It, uh, one thing that I do find really interesting from the ball game as well, I was totally, totally expecting them to, to rush the football a, a little more and a little better. And, and quite frankly, I was expecting them to rush the football not with Melvin Garden. That's not what I was looking for. I thought Javonta Williams, who was great, last year led the league in rushing yards after contact I thought he was poised for a breakout season yeah but when it was you know when it was cutting time they went to Melvin Gordon the veteran 12 carries on the night for 58 yards Williams 7 for 43 still productive in his carries but it's interesting the load that they chose to give to the veteran Melvin Gordon all right James come get some of this man Come on, come in. I'm here. You know, I, and I know you needed Jerry Judy to have a big game. And look, four for 102, not 110, excuse me, four for 102 with the touchdown, 67 on the long. Are you, are you, did you get the production you needed in fantasy to make it worth it to say, you know, you're taking the Broncos and the over? No, I actually lost by about eight points. So unfortunately, it didn't work out because I also had Brandon McManus who ended up scoring. Or actually, it was about nine because if you count the missed field goal, it's minus one. So I lost a little. You get minus points for kicking field goals that long? No, you get minus one for missing a field goal. Yes, but missing one. Uh, in our league, there's a threshold. You know, after 55, you don't get docked for a missed field goal, I believe it is. Oh, in my settings, I just have it as if it's a missed field goal, it's minus one. Oh, poor guy. 
Yeah. <laughs> that's what I get for mismanaging. Yeah, that's what you get for look poor management of your fantasy team, poor management in your picks yesterday. You, you, all sorts of issues with you so far right now, James. So, okay, you didn't win your fantasy league, and let's talk about the game. What, what, I expected Russell to just kind of come in the game and be himself, seem uncomfortable from, from Jump Street. What was your thoughts? He looked scared. He looked scared of the Seattle crowd, in my opinion. He looked out of sorts. I mean, it, it kind of it might have been a little weird for him because this whole time he's been in Seattle wearing a Seattle uniform. I'm almost surprised he didn't get confused and go to the Seattle locker room and be like, hey, wait, wait, hold on, I'm not supposed to be here anymore. <laughs> and, he, and he bounced back to have a decent second half, you know, and he even played well in the second quarter. But at the beginning of the game, he looked like a deer in the headlights. It, it felt like most of the game that whole time. He hit even the touchdown to Jerry Judy, it was underthrown. It was it was underthrown, and I, I was shocked that Jerry was able to take it all the way to the house. But Seattle played inspired. They played with a Baker Mayfield sized chip on their shoulder. Geno Smith, are you kidding? That guy's still in the league. Felt like he was West Virginia Mountaineer. Uh, what, like twenty years ago? <laughs> Before you were born. Uh, <laughs> look, look, efficient last night. Twenty three of twenty eight, hundred ninety five yards through the air, two touchdowns. Inspired football. Seattle played last night. That defensive line came to play, and. Even hearing Shelby Harris, one of the defensive linemen, who was a part of that Russell Wilson trade, he had talked about how, like, you're counting us out, and I was a part of this trade, and I think the Broncos made a huge mistake. And what also made things interesting was going late to the game in that final drive, and you waste 40 seconds on a fourth and five, and you don't call a timeout till the very end. Long, long way to go. First, first NFL career coaching game. There, so a lot, lot to learn from that. I agree. Total mismanagement of the clock, and they they couldn't get plays out. You weren't seeing Russ and the offense huddle up to call the play until there was twenty seconds left. It's like, what were you doing the first twenty seconds? You're out of sorts. The play calling it was not getting there in time. And I don't want to jump off the deep end because I was very high on the Broncos, but looking at it and then also hearing a interview with Nathaniel Hackett the Broncos head coach he was asked roughly like do you think like you very much deserve this job or do you think you just kind of winged it and just somehow got it was kind of like the gist of the question like you think you deserve it or did you just get lucky and he he basically said oh yeah I got lucky and it was like that worries me (laughs) that worries me because he's a first-time head coach we know Denver has had struggles with coaching lately I thought he would have put the been roster. on P's and Q's. Man, the, the roster looks good. good. It does. But that's the same reason. I may be wrong. I may have undervalued the wrong AFC West team. Because I thought it would be Brandon Staley, the Chargers head coach, that would mismanage the roster, kind of like how we did last year. And they underperform. And it's like, okay, we'll get rid of you and we'll go get Sean Payton. But it's kind of looking like right now it's the Broncos because this is a new team. They can still iron things out. But man, when you're not in this, it wasn't just like two times. It was throughout the game. It was throughout each quarter where Seattle, I mean, Denver wasn't able to get their plays out till halfway down the clock on, and they had to burn multiple timeouts or they had to hurry up and rush to get the play off. It, it just, they looked out of sorts and they didn't look organized 
And I'm, I'm surprised they even scored 16, even though they had multiple opportunities on the goal line. That just shows how good Seattle Turned played last year. twice. <laughs> oh, yeah. Turnover <laughs> twice at the one-yard line. That's One by each of the backs. Look, it, they, they can't blink, right? It's going to be a quick turnaround. they got to play the Texans, who might be better than most people think coming into the year. They're 10-point favorites right now with an over-under of 46 uh, early in the week. Uh, look, they got to bounce back. they got to play better. The pressure's going to be on those guys. It's a big week for Denver. I could see them winning by 10-plus, but... At the same time. <laughs> you snake bitten, dude. You picked them easy winners yesterday. That's why I'm saying I, I could see them doing that. <laughs> but if I'm making the pick, I- I'm taking the Texans at that point because I think either they lose by a one-score game or maybe they just somehow have a miracle and win. But I don't know about the win part, but I think it'll be closer than maybe 10. I think it's going to be a close game, especially the way they played. They- they're going to have to prove something. They might be playing a little uptight, too. After that, I, I, look, we don't have to wait too long, though, this week to, to get our football juices gone. On, on Thursday, we get a banger of a ball game when uh, the Chargers, Los Angeles Chargers, will travel to take on the Kansas City Chiefs. That's going to be two teams, both 1-0 and on the year. Uh, Kansas City is only favored by four at home. I, I'm excited for that one. So uh, Later in the week, I'm sure you and Matt will give your picks, and hopefully you could you know, change your luck. Hopefully. For the Redeem myself. The Acadian yeah. <laughs> you can't be can't just be dishing out losers, James. We we gotta we gotta dish out some winners from time to time. Yeah, we need we need to be a little successful every once in a while. Speaking of winners, we have one after the break. On the other side, we're gonna bring on my guy Eric Narcisse. We're gonna talk all things high school football, so don't go anywhere. Stick around right here on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Attention sports fans, your favorite sports book, BetUS.com, back for its 28th year of NFL action. With the industry's biggest sign-up bonus of up to 200%, BetUS offers their members the opportunity to cash in on all your favorite leagues from the NFL, NBA, MLB, and more. Also, hundreds of new casino games, including the coolest European slots and live dealers waiting for you at the tables. You need a sports book with integrity. You need a sports book with longevity. You need to know that you're going to get paid. Plain and simple, you need a sports book that offers everything from live betting to MMA, golf, horses, esports, and all kinds of crazy bets. Call today at 1-800-79-BET-US. That's 1-800-79-BET-US. And they're going to walk you through setting up an account. Nobody in the industry gives better bonuses than BETUS. Join now and mention KLWB to score 200% in bonuses on your first deposit. Head to BETUS.com to join today. And don't forget to mention promo code KLWB. That's BETUS, where the game begins. Welcome back into Crunch Time with me, Gaz Mesh, on a lovely Tuesday afternoon. Having a great time hanging out with all of you so far. We talked a little bit of Monday Night Football. Introduce you to our poll question of the day that is centered around the Saints and the Buccaneers on Sunday. Should the Saints be opening as three-point home underdogs against the Buccaneers? Yes, it's the Bucs or no way, dude. So far, no way, dude. Leads with 69%. We're going to head out to the game hotline. We have a caller. Jacob wants to talk with us. Jacob, how are you on this Tuesday afternoon? I'm doing good, man. How about you? Can't complain at all, man. What's on your mind? Hey, man. I'm in the uh, I'm in the crunch time uh, fantasy football league, and I had a gutting loss last night. <sighs> 
Tell McManus us about it. If makes that field goal, I would have won the game. Oh, man. So you okay? So a big, you know, topic of conversation today next to water coolers all around this country is they probably shouldn't have kicked the football. They should have went for it. You, on the other hand, you were probably hoping they would kick it and he would make it. Yeah, and he was pretty close. I was gutted. I was gutted. Shout out to Mesh though. He had the highest scoring team of the week, and it's a fourteen team league. And he, would you, would you put up Mesh? How many points did you put up? No, no, Mesh isn't in today. This, this is Blaine. Oh. He he's over. He, look, he, the man who scored the most points in your fantasy league chose to get married during football season. Let that sink in. In South Louisiana, he's out this week. Uh, he'll be back tomorrow. He, he's out the last few days. Uh, he got married over the weekend. Nice, nice. Well, uh, congrats to him. Hopefully, I'll get it get it done next week. I'm still <laughs> rolling with McManus. I mean, he was he was off by a couple inches, and that was a 64 yarder in Seattle. So. Um, I didn't. I didn't hate the call. I think he's got the leg for it. Um, but I mean, you're paying Russell Wilson two hundred million. We'll see what happens. Anyways, go Saints, go Cajuns. Jacob, appreciate the call. My man said, "Look, he was pulling for the field goal. Couldn't quite get it in. We're still efforting getting our guy Eric Narcisse on the line, where we want to talk some high school football and what your favorite team in this area looks like so far this year." It's been interesting, though. Big talk and topic of conversation is the way they're breaking up non-select and select. And you got a lot of mixed teams in the non-select part of the bracket that you typically wouldn't see. A lot of these school of choices, and there's a lot in the Cadena area. I think uh, if you look at Division One on the select side, it is a murderer's row. It is the who's who. It's the Catholic League. Out of New Orleans, you got guys from up north like C.E. Bird, and then you sprinkle in, I don't know, the Karen Crow at Katie's of the world. And, uh, oh, by the way, throw in somebody like a Warren Easton. It's going to be really tough. Whoever wins this Division One, you better pack a lunch because they're going to be coming for you. I mean, a lot of the teams, though, you know, that you typically would see on the public or non-select side, like a Como and a um, um, Lafayette High are also on this side of the bracket. Oh, by the way, Edna Carr's on this side of the bracket, so is John Curtis, Scotlandville. This is going to be a, a tough, tall task for folks trying to get um, you know, to, to the promised land when it comes to high school football in the state. So far in this area, though, I can tell you that Acadiana, just like it always is, is very well represented at the top. Uh, Westgate in Division One on the non-select side, so that's another thing they did. They made it just four divisions on both sides, select and non-select. So on the non-select side, so which is the old 5A, they're going to mix some 4A in there with, um, with them, your Westgate Tigers from the Barry. Defending state champions in Class 4A, number one in PowerPoints right now. A lot of people thought Ryan Antoine's squad could be better this year, so far as advertised. Five-star Derek Williams, the Texas commit at the safety spot, is a do-it-all for them on that team. He, he leads the charge for the number one Westgate Tigers on the non-select Division One side. Coming in at number nine, is somebody that you could hear each and every week on one of our families in network. That is the Southside 
High Sharks on Mustang 107.1. They're playing a better brand of football. A lot of people thought when Dylan Monette was there a few years ago, that might have been their best team. Ah, look, I'm here to tell you that that team that they have this year, much improved. Big win against Cecilia a week ago. I, I think they're going to probably steady improve as this year goes on. On the select side of things, Acadia and a high, of course. They come in at number eight so far in the power of points. The Veer machine dropped a tough one to LCA to start their season, who's going to be in the select division two bracket now. They bounce back handily with a big victory against Sulphur, 49-0. They come in at number eight. Karen Crow, 2-0 on the year, both road wins over the Bar Bucks. And Alexandria Senior High comes in at number nine. They're the only two Acadiana teams represented in the top ten. If you look at the Division Two, though, that's where you're going to see uh, quite a bit of teams around the area kind of popping up over there. Turling's Catholic, Dane Chaponche's Rebels, led by Preston Welsh and that passing attack, much improved again this year. They're in the toughest, toughest district in the entire state. I mean, listen to this. Westgate, LCA, STM, Turling's, all in the same District that you win that district, you you, you come out tough so far. Turling's two and zero in the year. They come in at number three in the power rankings in class. Excuse me, Division two on the select side. LCA also two and zero. Talk about two big victories for LCA. Not only do they beat Acadiana in week one, they beat a really sound Woodlawn team led by LSU quarterback commit Ricky Collins in week two. Oh, by the way, three other Division one. Commits on that Woodlawn team, loaded. Hey, guess what? Trev Falk and the Knights of LCA, they're loaded too. 2-0 and on the year. And, of course, St. Thomas Moore coming in at 13 on that side of the bracket. This is going to be a St. Thomas Moore team, and I talked to Danny Jones before the season started. Might not have a bunch of star power, but they got some young guys. They're going to be much improved. Last year, defense was kind of an issue uh, post-Walker Howard era. Look for that defense to be improved and maybe even lead the Cougars. I think this is going to be a Cougars team that's going to be sneaky good late in the season. When you're that used to winning and you have that kind of gumption to you, you're you're going to win a lot of football games as as it progresses. And a Division Two on the non-select side, how about Opelousas coming in so far at three? So far, they're one and one on the year. They got a win against. Excuse me, that they got a win against Natchitoches Central, 5A team, and a loss to a very good Turlings Catholic team that we just talked about. So a lot of local teams still doing well. Erath is up there at five so far, and a team that I'm telling you is going to be one to watch. And uh, we had Rhett Manuel on of the Advocate last week, and he told you too, the Church Point Bears so far, 2-0 and in the year. Big win against the Eunice Bobcats to start off the season on the road. They come back with a win at Kinder. That's a prideful Kinder team. Two big wins so far this year for the Church Point Bears. My guy, James, I know you're a Como grad. They're not playing the best of football yet. Any hope <laughs> I'm hoping, there? I'm hoping Any there's hope a there yet. for your Spartans? I'm hoping there's a yet. Any hope there for your Spartans? No. <laughs> no hope. No I mean, hope at all. I'm hoping, but 
if, if we're being realistic, it's not looking good. Not looking good for the Spartans, and I, I think they are uh, been in a rebuild for quite a while, maybe since you, you went to school there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> La- last time they were good was my freshman year of high school in 2014. But you know what's always good? You on the postgame show. So if anybody wants to have high school action on a <laughs> Friday night, you could always check out James Mesh and the Acadiana postgame show right here on 103.7 The Game, and that is as soon as Danny Jones and the STM Cougars finish their ball game, head on over and he'll give you all the scores and all the updates for recaps of all the games around the Acadiana area of the night. We're going to step aside and take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to break down LSU Mississippi State. The Tigers are dogs at home against the Bulldogs. James and I are going to tell you what they can do to win. So stick around right here on The Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. First, let me tell you about the Astros. We can get away because it's time, time is running out for you to score tickets to see the Houston Astros live in person. Go ahead and register in the Game Rewards Club to win four tickets to see the Houston Astros take on Tampa Bay Saturday, October 1st. We'll even throw a tour of the ballpark and hotel accommodations that Saturday night. This is going to be the last Astros weekend getaway of the regular season. Astros weekend getaways are powered by Butcher AC, Low Meridian Houston downtown, and the game Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. A recent survey discovered that game listeners prefer our station over watching a mandated webinar at work. Well, thank you, everyone, for coming to this exciting meeting today to discuss... Take that, productivity in the workplace. This is The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Let me tell you about Suit Up. They got fashion tuxedos and suits for all kinds of occasions, like homecoming coming up, formal dances or balls, or even you could even pull Amigas and have your wedding and wear a tuxedo. They have professional service and they measure you to make you feel important. They have three different locations, one in Lafayette on Ambassador Caffrey. They have one in New Iberia and now even in Lake Charles across from the mall. Go ahead and get dressed for homecoming at Suit Up. Welcome back into Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. I'm Blaine Vietar filling in for Matt Miguez for the last time this week. You folks get Matt Miguez back in the flesh tomorrow, but today still got some fun to get to. Remember, we're going to be cutting off a little short today at 5:10, so you guys can get to the Astros and Tigers matchup at Comerica Park in Detroit. But until then, you got James and I driving you home. We want to talk some LSU Mississippi State action as the Tigers and Bulldogs face off in Tiger Stadium at 5 p.m. on Saturday. Of course, that action could be heard right here at the game as well. James. Our Tigers, dogs at home this week. And I, I could see why. I could see why. I, this is a, a let's, flat, let's rewind a little bit. Let's go back to two years ago. Open the COVID season, right? Mike Leach brought a very outman, was what everybody thought at the time, Mississippi State team in the Tiger Stadium to face Ed Ogeron coming off of a national championship. That afternoon in Tiger Stadium, K.J. Costello threw for 600 yards against LSU. I vividly remember that one. They stayed man almost the entire game. They were chasing. They never kept guys in front of them. They had Southeast, excuse me, Nickel State transfer. Darren, Darren Evans going up against SEC receivers for the first time and couldn't keep guys in front of him. He was burnt time and time again. 
LSU was able to claw back. Miles Brennan made some good throws down the stretch. But in the end, Mississippi State too much. Rewind to last year. LSU went on the road to Stark Vegas and came out victorious against Mike Leach and the pass-happy Mississippi State Bulldogs. And the way they did it was the exact opposite of what they did the year before. Instead of chasing guys all over the field, all they said was, we're going to play zone coverage. We're going to sag off. You're going to have to beat us with your arm on underneath throws. As long as we make tackles, we should be good. And it worked out for LSU. LSU was able to turn the football, turn over Mississippi State early in the game and got out to a big lead before Mississippi State came back, LSU ultimately winning that game by five. I I think this is a game that's going to be really important. First of all, tackling. Can't miss tackles. Jay Ward, no more shoulder checks. We're wrapping up. Major Burns, I'm looking at you guys. Need guys like Mike Jones. B.J. Penn to make plays at the second level with the linebacking crew. They got to make tackles, keep guys in front of them. But what they're going to have to do is they're going to have to generate a pass rush with the front four. They said B.J. O'Laurie's back tomorrow. Back yesterday, they said he's coming back this week. Brian Kelly opened with that. Huge to get B.J. O'Laurie back. That guy could get after the passer. He could get after the passer with the best of them. But outside of that, they're going to need to get more consistent pass rush from the defensive tackles. Makai Wingo, Jaqueline Roy. Those guys have been good against the run this year. Struggled a little bit against the pass. They're going to have to get after the quarterback. Are we going to see guys like Desmond Little? Desmond Little filled in excellent on Saturday night against a very outmatched Southern Jag team. But boy, does he look the part. Long, athletic, defensive end. Could rush the passer. He's the guy who got his big arms up and, and tipped the ball on the, on the Baskerville pick six. We're going to need to see a pass rush from LSU's front four. I don't think they're going to want to send pressure from anybody else. We're going to head on out to the game hotline and bring on one of my favorite callers, T. How goes it on this Tuesday afternoon? I'm doing great. And yourself, Deke? I can't complain, man. It's finally dry in South Louisiana. It's football season. I'm, Hey, I'm happy as a clam. Oh, no joke, huh? How's uh, Big Gert? Man, Big Gert's doing great. Tomorrow, oh. it'll be two weeks until she turns one. She's doing, she's doing outstanding. Starting to sleep well, better. Starting not to be too as rambunctious as she once was, T. She, she's feeling in nice, man. I got you. But yesterday I tried to get in, but uh, too many, uh, whatever, I couldn't get in. But you said you woke up Sunday and watched football all day on the sofa. Don't tell me Big Gert wasn't with you. Oh, yeah, she loved it, man. She loved. She might have took a couple say. naps, but she watched football with me all day on Sunday, man. There you go. <laughs> hey, listen, I'd like to circle back to uh, Southern. Okay. The Southern game? Sure. If you don't mind? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, the one thing I enjoyed the most out of that game was that all those kids that had dreams of playing at LSU, walk-ons or whatever, most of them got to get on that field and at least play. On, on both sides. 
both sides of the ledger. I totally agree with it. And, and guess what? When they came out at the beginning of that day, that game, uh, T, it, it was packed. Tiger Stadium was jumping. There was an excellent atmosphere that you don't typically see against such an outmanned opponent, especially an in-state opponent. Tiger Stadium was juiced on Saturday night to start that game. And I, I just for those guys to run through the tunnel as first experience to get into Tiger Stadium and then the play, I totally agree with you. I think it was a win uh, for both sides in, in that regard. Uh, I agree. And as far as the uh, state, um, I think if we play zone and, and play it well, I, I think we can win this game, man. You? I think we can win. I think we, we should win at home in Tiger Stadium. Um, I think they're going to have to do some different things on defense. They're going to have to mix it up. You're going to see some three-man front. You're going to see some four-man front. You're going to see them bring a little pressure exotically, but I think majority of the time you're going to see them mix coverages behind the three- and four-man fronts. Might see a, a fourth backer, a fifth backer sneak in every now and then, but I don't think this is going to be a game where you're going to send a ton of pressure. I think this is a game where you're going to slide different types of coverages behind you and see if you can't confuse Will Rogers. Look, he's a great quarterback. He's a career 73 completion passer. He, he's thrown 56 touchdowns to 18 interceptions. He's no slouch back there. So I, a lot of his opportunities come from blitzing. A lot of his opportunities come from secondaries not being in the correct position, not a good communication. So if LSU does sound stuff on Saturday, communicates well on the back end, don't have any blown assignments, that's how you beat Will Rogers in Mississippi well, State. Well, I think if uh, Allegheny and B.J. Ogilori, uh do their stuff, I mean, that's going to I mean, mean a big deal. Don't have to blitz. Right. right. And you got, Look, B.J. Ogilori out against Southern. Gay couldn't play in the first half. It was good to get some other guys, some burn, some run up into this game, but getting those cats back, they're starters for a reason. All right, man. Well, do me a favor and big uh, give Big Gert a high five for me and love the show and keep up the good work, my I man. I always appreciate it, T. I hope you have a good afternoon, my man. Yes. My guy, T. I always love it when T calls. Get to talk about my dog, get to talk about the Tigers. What's, what's better than that, James? Come on. I can't think of anything. I mean, hey, T always brings it. I love it. Love when T calls each and every time. But another way, going back to the Mississippi State game, that you beat a team that likes to throw the football like that is you keep offense off the field. LSU so far this year, they haven't really committed to the run. Even against Mississippi State, rushing the football for 230-somewhat yards, didn't really commit to it. Armani Goodwin was the main ball carrier. I, I, I thought for sure Noah Kane would be the guy. It's apparent after week two he's not. That's not the guy who they trust. That's not who they want to go to. John Emery's the wild card for me. Guy hadn't played football in a couple years almost. He's about, what, a year and well, 15 weeks. Gets set out 15 weeks according to the NCAA. He comes back this week. They're no way going to expect him to carry the load or play a ton even. But he's a guy who could change the pace a little bit and get, you know, get, get, get a defense off guard. Let's head out to the game hotline and bring on another caller. It's my guy, Nick. Nick, how are you on this Tuesday afternoon? Blaine, I'm good. How are you, man? Fantastic, man. What's on your mind? I wanted to, I wanted to get your take on, on, on my comment, and I got a question for you. My, my, my comment, this is the first year I can ever remember being concerned with Mississippi State. Now, I'm not saying they never had good teams, and, of course, they've beaten LSU before, 
But this is the first time I'm going into the game concerned that this team, if they're not better, that they're, they're going to win the game. And so I, I kind of wanted to hear what you think about that and also how important this game is. In my opinion, it's a season saver. In my opinion, it's the, it's the difference between the season going well and having the potential to win eight or nine games or really, really taking a downward spiral. And I just kind of wanted to get your take on both of those points. Nick, I couldn't agree more. I, I remember in 2014 I was told I should be scared of Dak Prescott coming in to Tiger Stadium to lead Mississippi State. I was told that I should be nervous, and I wasn't. Mississippi State hadn't beat LSU and Tiger Stadium since 1991. Why would I be nervous? Wasn't nervous at all. This year, a little concerned. It's a bit different. It's a, it's a trans, uh, it's kind of like a transitional period, I think, for both programs. Uh, Mike Leach's third year in the program. I am a little, little more nervous. I think this is a team with Mississippi State that's playing for something. They know they could be decent. Look, for them, 9-3, and three, that's a damn good year. For LSU, we're usually pretty disappointed. That team's playing for something. It's the kind of the roles are a little bit reversed. Um, as far as the, how pivotal this game is, absolutely. I think this game goes the opposite way. You, you could kiss bowl berth goodbye. I think you'd have to fight tooth and nail to get bowl eligible after this point. If you want to win anywhere between six and eight ball games this year, you have to win Saturday night in Tiger Stadium. They don't get no easier. You get a couple other cupcake games. But other than that, you're facing the teeth of the SEC. Outside of maybe Auburn, New Mexico State, and UAB, name me a team that you're going to be favored against if you lose Saturday night to Mississippi State. I can't think of many. Doesn't get easier. Gets tougher starting with Tennessee in a few weeks. This is a must win for not only the, the season, but I also think kind of the psyche of the program and for Brian Kelly, and for recruiting. This game has massive implications for recruiting because it's a perception deal, right? You're only as good as, as everybody thinks, as the kids think, as, as a social media thing. For you you got to get ahead of this. So LSU winning in Tiger Stadium really, to me, cements where they're at, not only in college football for this year, but moving forward because recruiting is such an important part. It ain't about the X's and O's. It's about the Jimmys and Joes. And to get those guys, you got to win games like you will Saturday night, Nick. Yeah, it's, it's a very weird feeling because most of these seasons are – it's a one-game season, in my opinion. It's all about the Alabama game. That's what it's been for the last 10 years. I mean, yeah, they play Florida and they, they play tough games, and Auburn has been tough some years. But it's always been about the Alabama game, and that's it. Win the Alabama game, and you feel like you had a decent season. It's not that – man, since maybe the early 2000s – Saban says before the national championships where every game matters. And I just think a lot of fans are overlooking Mississippi State, and I think that's a huge mistake because I think Mississippi has a real chance to, to win this game. And, and like I said earlier, the first time I've ever been concerned going into the Mississippi State game. Thanks, Blaine. Appreciate the call, Nick. I, I couldn't agree more. I think this is just a pivotal game for the season. And like you mentioned, each and every week, you know, and I think a lot of it has to do with how small the fan base is or how small we are to winning. Um, I, look, I remember as a kid, you know, I was I was tickled pink just when LSU made a bowl game against Michigan State. I was so fired up when Kevin Falk signed with LSU to change the perception of the program and kind of change the, the way things happen in South Louisiana. But back then, hell yeah, each and every game mattered. You didn't know. Even these non-conference games, it, it kind of feels like that back again. And I, I think things could change, but we're not quite there yet, Nick. Not quite there. 
Let me tell you about Dickie's Barbecue Pit, because right now, there's another two-for-one deal from AcadianaDeals.com. You'll be able to get a $40 voucher to Dickie's Barbecue Pit for just $20. That's a $40 deal for half the price. Once again, visit AcadianaDeals.com today. Get a $40 voucher to Dickie's Barbecue Pit for just $20. We're going to step aside and take the last break of the first hour. Don't go anywhere. Still plenty more right here on The Game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. You're listening to The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Slings it far side. Stingley steps inside the receiver and picks it off. Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. A shot to left field. Going back on it's Gordon. He'll look up at the corner. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. One of the things I love about betting on the NFL is that I'm always finding new players or game props that I like. And what's cool about FanDuel Sportsbook is you can combine these props with other bets from the same game to score an even bigger payout, perfect for Sunday's games. My same game parlay for the Saints game on Sunday includes me taking the Saints spread at plus three, the over of 44.5 total points scored, and the over of 2.5 total Saints touchdowns. Same game parlays is just one of the reasons why I bet with FanDuel. Registering, depositing, and finding your bets are always fast, and when you win, FanDuel also pays you your winnings even faster. There's no feeling like nailing a same game parlay bet, so lock in your bet today on FanDuel Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can get up to $1,000 back in free bets if your first bet doesn't win with promo code KLWB. That's promo code KLWB. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 and older and present in Louisiana and permitted parishes only. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as knowledge drawable free bets that expire 14 days after the receipt. Restrictions do apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-877-770-STOP. Welcome into Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. For the last time of the first hour, we've been having a lot of fun with all of you. We have a bit of a poll question out on the Twitter machine. Should the Saints be opening as a three-point home dog against the Buccaneers? Yes, it's the Bucs, 28%, and no way dude is at 71%. I think a lot of people see it as I do. Big home field advantage. You also get the Bucs off of kind of a lackluster performance as well. The Saints might have sleptwalk for three quarters, but came out victorious in Atlanta I feel like the Bucks almost kind of did the same thing. So it's it's going to be interesting the way the money swings throughout the week. Our boy John Paul Crawdaddy chimed in and said, I don't like the choices, but I will say that I never mind the Saints being the underdog. They always seem to be playing better when they're not the favorite. That's what we said in the first part of the show. Saints, they relish that opportunity to play as a dog. And our guy Tony Gostro says, honestly, the way they looked against the Falcons, I'm surprised it isn't a bigger underdog spread. I think my guy just wants to lay some coin on that. Where did you vote on this? I'm not totally shocked. Maybe a little bit, but not totally that it's minus three. I expected them to be underdogs, but not by three. I would have thought maybe it would have been maybe a point, point and a half, maybe two for getting a little spicy, but three kind of feels big in this case. You get three just for getting the plane in the dome. So yeah, they, what they think like they're you, a six-point swing of these two teams it seems, on a neutral field? It seems like it. I that thought maybe silly. a four, maybe five-point spread, but six feels like a lot. It, it does. Especially with the fact that the Saints have won the last 
four regular season matchups. And look, when you finish the game the way the Saints finish, you play with a little bit more swagger. You play with a little bit more confidence when you look at, at it from that perspective. So I look for a, a much cleaner, crisper-looking Saints on, on Sunday against the Buccaneers. We're going to step aside for the last time in this first hour and take you to the second hour where we're going to bring you ever so closely to the Astros and Tigers. So stick right here on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome into Crunch Time and Me- Crunch Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. I'm Blaine Vietar filling in for our guy Matt Miguez and having such a good time with you folks of Acadiana on this glorious Tuesday afternoon. We only have 10 minutes left of the show as we're going to lead you in to Astros versus Tigers live from Comerica Park as the Astros look to inch closer to clinching the division. Magic number sits at 10. We're going to also want to wrap up our poll question as we look to see should the Saints be opening as a three-point home dog against the Bucks. Yes, it's the Bucks or no way dude. No way dude continues to lead now at 74%. Got a little bit of Saints news for us, and kind of came to a surprise to me. Latavius Murray signing to the practice squad. Does that signal that maybe Alvin Kamara's might be a little bit more dinged up than we want to believe? Or are the Saints just not sold on the running game? Which one is it? I, I hope and pray that it's not AK-47 just kind of banged up a little bit. I hope that Kamara's ready to go. I hope so too, but whenever you're having to sign somebody to your practice squad, to me, that that is a telltale sign that maybe the, the injury is a little more concerning that maybe we hope it out to be. I, he he's he's had a decent career too. Really good journeyman, Latavius Murray, spending a lot of time over at the Vikings. Remember him just mm-hmm. being a solid back. He was maybe, also with the Raiders, if I'm not mistaken. With the Raiders a little bit as well. Probably never of you know upper echelon type back, but always solid, oh. productive kind of back and probably plays better as as Robin opposed to Batman. Yeah, he, he's always good whenever you fi- need a fill-in running back to take 20, 30 carries whenever your starting back is injured. He, he's always a good replacement for about two or three games. He always gives you solid numbers. And I also remember the one time in 2019 whenever I went to the Saints-Panthers game, I had seen him walk, a, walk past us because we were going into the Dome to kind of get ready to do the little flag unfurl thing where yeah. like you're waving the flags. We we ended up we did that that Sunday, and I saw Latavius pass by. I was like, "Yo, what's up, Latavius?" <laughs> did he holler back at? Yeah, you? he was like, "What's up?" <laughs> Before he went into the stadium, and then it was funny because he ended up scoring the the first touchdown of the game. And you like the hey, That's my dude. I was like, "That's my that's guy." My guy. That's he hollered at me. Oh yeah, that was a that was a great time. I, I love it. I, I love uh I love when you can bring a personal story like that to the air. It makes for a lot of fun. After this, though, Astros going to look to extend their lead in the AL West and inch closer to clinching the AL West as well as they play the banged-up Tigers. Tigers come in with a 54-87 and record, including the drumming that the Astros laid on them a night ago. What you think about Framber Valdez? I know I came over here preaching Justin Verlander for not only Cy Young but for MVP. About a month ago, when JV was on a, a tear, 
Now, that uh, JV sideline, any chance that we get some Framber for side love? Is, is that something that's real? It feels like it's been almost between him and Justin Verlander the whole time. It feels like it's a 1A, 1B situation where it's like, you can't go wrong with either of them. I mean, look, he's been so good. He's been great. This year. 24 straight quality starts. I mean, that is unheard of. And guess how he does it? He does it last night in a complete game shutout where he was dominant. He's been filthy all season long. He's a guy that the Astros are good. Look, the Astros were led by their lineup most of the time when they went to the World Series over the last four or five years. This year, a little bit different, right? When you go Justin Verlander, Framber Valdez, Lance McCullers, now you could throw in Hunter Brown in there? That's salty, dude. He's... He's at the top half of the league in a lot of major categories. He's 15 and 5. He's got a two and a half ERA, which is top 10 in the league. And then he's 14th in the league with 169 strikeouts. He, he's, he pitches with poise. He does it from the left side. I, I love what Framber brings. And his elevation over the last couple years has been astonishing, where he's come from, you know, coming in as a, a guy not really that heralded. To, to where he is today is crazy. The Astros look to stay hot. They've been on fire here recently, looking to close out the AL West and submit themselves on top of the American League with that number one seed. I think this is where they kind of go into cruise control, though, as right now they, they lead the division at 11 and a half games. There's seven out of their last 10. I, look, they are ninety-one and fifty. The Yankees are eighty-five and fifty-six. So I, they're right there to clinch not only the division but the American League and get into this postseason with the bats hot too. Let's, let's talk about that too. Altuve's been good recently. Bregman's still hot. And how about Yardon Alvarez? He's been really good despite the lack of home run production. It's obvious the hand's hurting him. The hand, he's going to need surgery at the end of the year. No doubt about that. But he's getting production despite that. Oh, and guess what? Jeremy Pena, the rookie, my guy's starting to feel himself too. He's a guy that if he could play really well down the stretch and into the playoffs, he could have some big moments for this team. And King Tuck, Kyle Tucker, he's also been really good as of late. So I think the lineup's starting to come together. Ever since they got Mancini, he has a different element and dynamic to this lineup. They're going to be a force to reckon with come playoff time. I felt like a couple weeks back, this might be a team that gets to the playoff, might even as a number one seed, but doesn't have that feel that they could have a dominant postseason run. I'm here to tell you today that's not the case. With this pitching staff, five deep, there's going to be pitchers on this team that aren't going to make the roster. Because they're too loaded. This is going to be a team that could play for a World Series. Again. Again. They've been in the World Series so much recently, and they could do it again. I've had a lot of fun with you good folks, not only today, but last week and yesterday, as Matt took some time off for his honeymoon. James was able to keep us all in line. I want to thank some of our callers today, Nick, Jacob, as well as my guy T, calling in and having a good time. Don't forget, you can listen to the Astros right here. Don't even have to change the station. You can listen 
right here on the game. So stick around. A lot of fun to get to as the Astros take on the Tigers. Thanks, James, also for keeping me in line. I'm sure I'll see you guys real soon. So stick right here for Astros Tigers on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.